to the first episode of 2022 for Desperately Seeking Entertainment. I am Chris Peterson, one of your hosts. So glad you're joining us here in the new year. Joining with me as always is Mr. Ben Frawley. How are you, sir? What's up, Chris? What's up, people around the internet? I'm doing awesome. I'm ready to ingest. I have ingested tons of entertainment and I'm ready to spew it out in podcast land, bro. Oh my God. That was like the fastest intro you've ever done in this podcast. <laughs> like you've been pent up energy just releasing onto the dude, podcast. I love dude, it. Dude, I, I, I've i been like talking to people about the stuff I'm watching and reading and doing all that. And they look at me like a crazy person. So this is my <laughs> only outlet. So this is the without, outlet. <laughs> yeah, without this podcast solidifying or justifying my reality and making sure like, okay, this is real that I'm watching. Like without this, I'm just a crazy person talking about like tons of TV. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, folks, if this is the first time you listen to this podcast, welcome to the party. What Ben and I like to do uh, is basically, you know, go back and talk about some of the things that have entertained us in the past couple of weeks, uh, whether it be movies, television, food, reading, music, whatever it might be that gives you entertainment. We want to talk about it here on this podcast. But the kicker is I have no idea what Ben is bringing to the table. and He's got no idea what's on my mind either. So the conversation you're hearing is spontaneous. It's you know, um, nothing's pre-written. It's all uh, basically as if you're sitting at a table with us gabbing, which I love. So yeah. uh, let's kick things off, my friend. What do you got this week? All right. I want to um, I got some big things. Um, so we did our okay. end of the year superlatives and we talked about what we loved in 2021. Um, and uh, I got like I got the good, bad and the ugly this week. My Ooh. three stories. So okay. let's start with the good. We're going to start with some good stuff. So. Um, I had some, you know, I think I said that my favorite show was the white Lotus Lotus last year mm -hmm. on TV. And, um, in our couple week reprieve from the pod, I, um, I found a couple new shows Ooh, okay. and, um, I'm going to say the state of television is heading in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Dare I say, are we heading for another golden age? Dare oh. I say it? Okay. Um, one man in particular, this, uh, I just found him Taylor Sheridan. My oh. God. Um, he's the guy that wrote Sicario. One of my favorite movies of the past couple of years. And um, he is kind of on a roll right now. Um, so I got the Paramount plus and I have been watching Yellowstone for the first time. Never caught that. Everyone's been on me to watch that. So we watched, we just started that great show. Love the Costner. He's great. Um, but more importantly, 1883, which is kind of like a prequel show. Um, I saw it advertised everywhere. Check this out. Katie and I are all in on this show. This is our new favorite show. And I think, and Chris, that being said, and also he does um, Mayor of Kingstown, which I've talked about on the pod, yeah. which is, this guy's on a roll, dude. He's he on is. A roll. Look at that. Yeah. And they're all like right up my alley. They're gritty, um, mostly crime or violent kind of drama shows that are just nonstop. Just unrelentless shows. He helped, he worked on Sons of Anarchy, so you get that vibe during that too. This guy's just he directs, he writes. So just kudos to him. And I just think the the state of television. So this is my good, but Chris, there's a problem. You ready? Oh, oh no, go ahead. <laughs> my problem is I th I think I have a problem, like a, a real problem with this. So I don't know what it is, but you know me, I'm not a big country music guy. <laughs> yeah. But for me. I think my new favorite actors of this year might be former or current <laughs> country stars. And I don't oh, know what no. is going on, but, um, show, so the show 1883, Chris, 
Um, Tim McGraw is the main character. Yes. He yep. plays Ned, I believe his first name is. Ned Dutton. And my God, Chris, this guy, if I didn't know he was Tim McGraw, I'd be like, who is this guy? Where did he come from? He is so good on the show. And then Faith Hill, his wife in real life, plays his wife on the show. She's phenomenal. He, she hasn't got as much to do on the show yet, but every scene she's great. And now I know Tim McGraw, he played the husband in The Blind Side, and he's been in some pretty big things. Yeah, he did um, Friday Night Lights, the movie. He was great in yep, that. Yeah. yeah, he's great. I mean, but Chris, they just let him – take the reins on this show and go for it. Like, I, I think that, you know, like the husband on the blind side, Friday night lights, they're very kind of meticulous show uh, shows or movies where it's like, okay, you know, here's your Mark, say this line cut. Yeah. He's not stretching his legs. Yeah. Right. Very good. In this one, a lot of downtime. 1883 is a show about, traveling the Oregon trail from Texas. Right. So a lot of, I mean, this is a gritty show, Sam Elliott. I mean, of course you have Sam Elliott supporting you. So that always helps. You know what I mean? He is, he's always going to help, you know, your Dalton, you know, be more of a bouncer. You know, he's always going to be like a great backup. And let me tell you, dude, Tim McGraw is outrageous. And I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth and faith Hill's great. This show is great. It is gritty. It's about the Oregon Trail. Anyone could die, Chris. You know, do you remember the game Oregon Trail, Chris? I was about to say, is this like the game Oregon Trail where it's like, you know, you died of typhoid or something like that? Uh, this, true. it's literally that game. I mean, everyone's dying. <laughs> People are getting bitten by rattlesnakes. People are oh. like drinking the water without boiling it. They're dying of cholera and typhoid and di- uh, uh, distemper and uh, not distemper. Uh, dysentery. Uh, dysentery oh it's not a pretty show everyone's got smallpox everyone's dying and maybe it's looking through the lens of a pandemic that i'm like this is like real and like i mean you're having a kid you're having five kids just to hope that one of them survives i mean this is so intense oh and and i was i I remember i was talking about this in my uh, creative writing class and i was just talking about how when you set a show during this time um, it helps build your characters up because all the characters on the show, if they're, if they've lived down South or on the Prairie, there's a level of survivability that they have on board. You know, they know to avoid rattlesnakes. They know how to, to take care of, uh, you know, um, pitch a tent and, you know, start a fire and stuff. Like even like the five-year-old on the show is badass. Like <laughs> there's like, there's like bandits coming and Tim McGraw's like hide in the wagon. Don't come out. It's like, that kid's going to survive. You know what I mean? That kid, the kids, he's got a shotgun back there. Like if anyone tries to mess with him, like everyone's mean and tough and nasty on the show. Chris, the state of TV is great. And like I said, Yellowstone's good. I just started that one. I can't vouch for that one yet, but that one's off to a good, it's a slow burner. 1883 by episode two. I'm all in. Like I, I was full throttle all in. Um, and mayor of mayor of Kingstown wrapped up really awesome. Um, I've talked about that on that show. Chris, what are your thoughts on the state of TV? Are we, are you hopeful like I am? Oh, indeed. Yeah, no, I think, I think it was one of those things where it's like, if, if you, if you're, let's say an A-list movie star right now and, you know, with the state of movies due to COVID, mm-hmm. um, it's almost like your safest bet is, is jumping onto a long form series or a limited series or, you know, something like a succession, something like a billions. And yep, that's where the security is. Like if, and, you know, unless you're, you know, certain actors that are making 20 million a picture and you're, you're set for life, like 
this is this is where your security and your job opportunities are still going to be in plentifulness, especially because of streaming networks. Uh, you know, it's I think you, you and I have talked about this for years on this podcast, and I can say years because I think we're almost into year what three of this thing. Um, I think we're in year three coming up, like in a month or so. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, is that the the movie industry? We were talking about this before COVID was in trouble, and now. Mm-hmm. With COVID, it's de- it's it's definitely in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the future. This is the, the you know, uh, and this is why I think you're seeing so many like, you know, just just yesterday we saw the trailer for Moon Knight, the new Marvel series yep. that's coming out. Looks incredible, and it's it's got Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke, two guys that definitely do not need to be doing a Marvel TV show, let alone any TV show, nope. but they are. And again, it just I think it just speaks to the trends that we're seeing. Now I've, I've heard nothing but good things about Yellowstone in 1883 and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody on this podcast, but I hear there's a pretty killer cameo in episode two of episode of 1883. Oh, uh, oh uh, Chris, um, it, it called back to uh, some of your favorite monologuing movies of all time. I was like, <laughs> where's Chris? I wish you were sitting right next to me. <laughs> I wish Martin Sheen was here with a shitty beard on going like, I remember when my papa sat me down and talked about uh, the Revolutionary War, I was like, oh, my God, where is Chris right now? <laughs> and, I mean, it's still a show. We're not going into a 15-minute monologue. I mean, but still, there was a lot of uh, wistful looks out into a battlefield. There you go. So there you of, go. A lot of wistfulness. And I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, if, if you've got that wistfulness look and you're looking off camera – and then someone else sits next to you and looks in the same direction in the same wistful way. You need a cameo of that caliber. I mean, you, you need just it. need a, you need you a need name. It. So let's just say you, if you if you watch episode two, you're in for a treat. Uh, here's the problem though I have with Yellowstone, and I haven't oh, gotten into Yellowstone. Yeah, I just started. I'm on episode two last night. And I haven't gotten into. I, I dug 1883 so much. I was so, like, I gotta check this out now. You and I, okay, I, I don't want to take a right turn into politics. Mm. But here's where I'm going to go with this. Okay. I have heard people rave about Yellowstone in 1883. Yeah. Here's the kicker. The only people that I've seen rave about this show that I know personally tend to fall on the, the far right side of the fence. I, and you think I it's a gun heard... thing? It's a lot of guns in the show. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the one show is a Western, thing. so you can't. I mean, <laughs> what? What? It might be a it might be a gun thing. It might be from ah. from I haven't seen a full cast list. It might be a you know predominantly white cast thing. I I don't know. Um, but the the people that have raved mm. about this show to me, I can't help but notice, tend to fall on the right side of the fence, and no one from the left side of the fence, I know of, has said, "Oh my God, you gotta you gotta get on Yellowstone." So it's it's like, huh. I don't know if it's something that's subconscious. People just kind of fall one way or another. I mean, there's no one on that show that I looked at the cast list. There's no one on the show that, that is like an outspoken person on the right side of the fence. So I don't understand. I don't think so. I like, like Yellowstone, dude, Yellowstone. One of my surprises, I was watching the show and I knew Costner was on it. I knew the guy that plays his son with the big eyebrows. I knew he was on it. I knew a couple cast members. All right. And then all of a sudden there's this dude with a beard that's on there. And I'm like, how do I know that guy? And I'm looking at him, looking at him. I was like, I'm not, you know, I don't like looking stuff up while I'm watching, watching, watching. I go, 
holy shit, that is Cole Effin Hauser in that oh, Cole show. Cole Hauser's in that show? Oh, dude, <laughs> Cole Hauser might be my favorite character. And Katie's like, who's Cole Hauser? I go, Katie, who's Cole who's Hauser? Cole Hauser? Who's Cole Hauser? <laughs> you ever seen a little <laughs> movie called Pitch Black, Katie? <laughs> a little film? Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. I don't know where ties? he came from. I th- I th- oh, school Ties or Days to Confuse. I think they have Cole H- Hauser in one of those cryogenic freezer, like in the movie Alien. And they just kind of like lifted the hatch. And he just came out. And he is Chris. <laughs> He's my Cole favorite Hauser. part of the show, dude. <laughs> uh, not for nothing. Not, I don't want to speak ill of your, your your lady love. But if my wife said to me, who is Cole Hauser? That's... <laughs> That's give me that oh. ring back time. That's oh. like, I need to. Are you sure you're right for me? Like, <laughs> who, who, who is this person that I? I'm, I think we got to make some T-shirts for the podcast that says "Who's Cole Hauser?" <laughs> Who's Cole Hauser? I mean, the cast list is insane. I'm looking at it right now. You get like, Dude, it's it's crazy. Like, and so Chris, I could see where the content of the show. There's lots of guns. It's lots of. It, it takes place in the Midwest, like especially okay. yellow. Especially Yellowstone. I could see it. It takes place in the Midwest. Lots of guns. Lots of, like, farming stuff. So I could see where that swatch of the country. I got that. But, like, the cast is filled with liberal Hollywood elite. I mean, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, these are people that voted for freaking, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Clinton and stuff like that. I mean, there's not. (laughs) Like, I don't think there's, like. They got real rednecks like in the movie Deliverance to be in this show. I mean, they're all mm-hmm. Hollywood actors. So I can see what you're saying, especially Yellow, Yellowstone. Um, but I can't vouch for that one, but I can vouch for 1883. 1883 is a dead to rights old school Western. There is no frills about this. Like my grandfather would love this show. Like this is mm, like, okay. this is old school. Like if John Wayne we thought out John Wayne, like Dennis Leary says, he would be in the show. He'd be the main character. He'd be phenomenal in this. He'd probably play the Sam Elliott type. I mean, this is there's no politicalness about the show. Everyone's dying. Rot. We gotta get to Oregon. Let's go. I mean, it's it's odd. So high recommendation on that one. But I just gotta say the way that this guy's writing is really awesome. I think he's really grown up since Sons of Anarchy. It's a little less episodic little more long form and man i'm telling you this 1883 it's not a direct prequel because it takes like it takes place 150 years before yellowstone so that's nice too so mm-hmm. it's not like you're watching a, a direct prequel going like oh i know this guy dies in the show and this guy you know it's not like that i mean this takes a place 150 years so you don't know these people it's really cool um so high recommendation i'm just excited for tv and then i mean I guess Mayor of Kingstown, all these shows have a lot of guns in them. <laughs> so if you're pro-gun, check the show out. Which is weird. Chris, is that weird of me to like shows with <laughs> guns? And I hate guns. I hate guns in real life. I, I hate right. guns. Is that weird? It is weird. I mean, you know, I love John Wick, and I'm not yeah, I'm an right. anti-gun person, yeah. so it's weird. But, um, yeah, I think you're fine. Are you gonna Are you going to turn into a gun person now that you're down south, Chris? You know, it's here's the ironic thing. I don't want to get too much of a tangent because I'll go on for hours about this. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. So people have this whole stigma of the South. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. There are parts of Georgia that absolutely fit the bill of what right. people think the South is all about. But here in Savannah, um, mm-hmm. I have seen more people wearing masks than I did when I was in New York City. 
I have seen All right. uh, more uh, 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 anti-right-wing stuff than I did in Connecticut. Like I saw more pro-right-wing stuff in Connecticut than I have down here. Um, uh, me too. When we traveled down, actually, I, I saw more pro white wing stuff in Connecticut than I did in uh, central New York, which is very bizarre. Like, very yeah, weird. <laughs> it's very weird. Um, and like, you know, driving through Pennsylvania, I'd see school buses, oh, Pennsylvania, yeah, Pennsylvania, yeah. painted with pro white wing stuff down here. It's like, you can't really find it. And, um, it's, it's interesting. And, uh, is it the big cities like Atlanta and like, you know, Savannah. I mean, Savannah's a pretty big city, right? I mean, it's 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 a pretty Chatham County is a pretty big county, and we got like fifty thousand in city or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, okay. Two hundred thousand, actually. Excuse me, two hundred thousand. Oh snap! So you're yeah. like New Haven or some shit. Like yeah, pretty yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's pretty diverse. I mean, it, and it's blue. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, it's blue, but um, it's uh, it's 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 very interesting. Where like you know, you you think you're coming down to a gun friendly. Uh, state, uh, you know, area and all this, and it's like completely opposite, which I think is interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an interesting town to be in, but I will tell you this, the, the pride, uh, uh, here in Savannah, like being proud of where you're from is unlike anything I've ever seen. Uh, it's like, if you, if you grew up and lived in Savannah and you hear someone talking about bad about Savannah, that's like them's fighting words. And, uh, it's like, you don't talk bad about she is a saint. She is a <laughs> Dorothy saint. Don't you yeah. talk about Savannah? Um, so yeah, no, it's 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 very like I, that's that's something I can respect when you have a pride about the cool. place you grew up. That's well, cool. and but, and and you guys don't really have a national football team. It's all college down there too, so it's very regional, right? Exactly. But actually, yeah. Ben, I'm so glad you brought this up because that actually yeah. leads into my next. Ooh, we always segue. do that, baby. We always do that. We always do that. So. You know, like as for the listeners um, who don't know already, I moved to Savannah, Georgia, uh, mm-hmm. due to a, a new position within the job that I was working in. And um, since being in town, you kind of learn about what people do for fun down here. And I've already previously on a previous episode talked about the Savannah Bananas, uh, which is our local oh, right. uh, yeah. minor league baseball team, which has become world famous for their antics between innings, the entertainment, all that stuff. Anyway, the town loves the Savannah Bananas. There is a waiting list for not just season tickets, for tickets. Like you can't even get tickets. That's crazy, the entire season dude. just That's the entire crazy. season sells out. It's crazy. Um, what the good news is though is if and the the most unlikely sport is coming to Savannah, Georgia, starting this fall, and people are losing their minds over Can it. Can I guess? So, Can I guess? Go ahead, please. Most unlikely in Georgia. In Georgia, in Savannah, Georgia, what's curling? Not, not don't go that obscure. Okay. Go, oh, this is a major sport. Obscure. This is a major sport. Uh, yeah, I'll call it a major sport. Yeah. What's the one major sport that you probably would say there's no way they're going to start that up in Savannah? Lacrosse. Close. Ooh. All right. What do you got? What do you got? Hockey. Ooh. AHL or National League. So we're going AHL, I believe, nice. or even oh. even a different league than that. I think, yeah, no, it's nice. it's a minor. Oh league. yeah, they they do something out like UHL or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like very much like the the team that was in Almira, like that kind yeah. of minor league. Um, well, we got we have up here we have Syracuse Crunch, and then we have the Utica Comets. Those are UHL guys. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect example. 
perfect example. So higher than, let's say, the letter Kenny Irish, but you know, lower than you know, <laughs> an officially uh, affiliated team with the NHL. So hey, sure um, is he. <laughs> but uh, we are getting our own minor league hockey team here. It's called Ooh. the Savannah Ghost Pirates. Um, oh, great name! Great, great name. name! Great um, name! And uh, the the arena is being built. Brand new arena. Uh, it's going to seat just over 10,000 people. I've already been inside of it because my company is doing a, a cool project with the arena um, already. And um, I got to tell you, the, the people are ecstatic. Season tickets are already sold out. Can't even get season tickets anymore. Um, they're going to have luxury boxes, uh, the whole nine hours. So it's just, it's it's awesome that people are just loving minor league hockey, minor league baseball, because obviously, you know, this isn't going to be a professional market, but um, completely embraced by the town on that. And, and I love it. I love the fact that they're getting it. So Ben, I, what I did want to ask you, you yeah. already kind of answered it was talking about the minor league sports in your area and how the community kind of rallies behind them. Let me tell you up here, you know, we are very close to, you know, Buffalo Sabres, uh, the Toronto Leafs, the Montreal, um, our Montreal is really close. So we have a lot of major league hockey teams. The whale mm. of course, isn't with us anymore, but, um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but, uh, Utica comets, let me, let me tell you up here, you can go to Utica comets game for well under 20 bucks mm. and you can get like, not floor, not rink side, but you can get maybe eight rows up and great seats right behind the box. Um, you know, cheap drinks, cheap food, Great family fun, but let me tell you, this is slap shot old time hockey, you know? <laughs> so I've been watching. So the neighbor, Ryan, he's a big P Pittsburgh Penguins fan, right? Diehard has the tattoo and everything. And I'm not really like a big hockey guy, but I was like, you know, these guys watch the Penguins. I'll, I'll watch the Penguins. I, I need a team to root for. You know what I mean? So I'll wear my Whalers hat. I'll go over across the street for playoffs and stuff. And I've been, you know, um, watching them quite a bit. And there is not a lot of fighting anymore in the NHL mm -hmm. at all. Um, they really clean up the sport, you know, and, and Chris, you know, I probably could point to a couple incidents that, you know, even as non hockey fans that were pretty brutal where people got like hurt or paralyzed, nasty stuff. So I understand yeah. why they had to do it. And the sport is faster now. It's more exciting. There's more goals. It, it's, it's way more. If you're watching just for the sport, it's a lot more fun. Now, let me tell you about, um, the AHL. This is slap shot. This is Hanson brothers hockey. So now the Hanson brothers, you know, of course they filmed slap shot in the Utica odd and the Hansons, two of the Hansons played for the Syracuse chiefs. So mm. the chiefs are actually based on the Syracuse chiefs. They're actually based on this area, uh, Northern Pennsylvania and around here. Um, so there is still a fight every single game. There's still, you know, um, I remember I took a group there and like a couple of people had never been to a hockey game. And I'm like, there's their enforcer right there. And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, you guys never been to a hockey game? They're like, what are you talking about? I was like, that guy's going to get up. <laughs> the second like a forward or a center gets hurt, that guy's coming off the bench. And this guy had this crazy, awesome curly mullet. And he got right off this bench and he just started beating the hell out of this guy. It was awesome. You know, five minute penalties. It was so sweet. And so, Chris, that's what you get with minor league hockey. You get real old timey hockey. It's awesome. I'm so happy for you, bro. Yeah, no, I can't wait. I'm very excited. Uh, so needless to say, uh, my family, when once they get down here, 
uh, we'll definitely be uh, partaking in the Ghost Pirates. So can't wait for that. Um, all right, my friend, what else you got this week? All right, well, so Chris, I told you that I had good, bad, and the ugly with my stories Uh-oh. this week. Oh, okay. So we talked how good I believe that the state of television is. Hey, we're talking about how good minor league sports are. It's so great. Yeah. It's time to go bad. And, you know, I don't like, I don't mean to be a, a guy that just drinks haterade all day and just waits, wails on things, but um, we want to talk about the state of movies. Mm. And there's a new term out there, Chris. I don't know if you've heard this term, but recently I've heard about a couple movies and I've seen a couple movies where this, this term plays to them quite well. Let me pull up my article right here. And because it, it uh, okay, yeah. The term is called a requel. A Have you heard that term? A requel, not a prequel, not a sequel, a requel. No. A cross between a remake and a sequel. A requel. Ugh, okay. I read this article on The Ringer, actually, and I don't know if they coined this term, but I don't think they did. And it's referring to the new Scream movie, which is just called Scream again. And then it's referring to The Matrix um resurrections and it's referring to ghostbusters afterlife Mm. and what these movies are are almost and especially with scream is it's almost a total remake of the original but then they bring back past cast members to make it seem like a sequel Hmm. so So just playing games kind of the only all right and let me tell you, and I hate to say this because he's one of my favorite people ever. Um, the person who kind of invented this, as I was reading this article, is Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. Oh, hey. Okay. Because that's what Evil Dead 2 is, that's right? That's what the Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 yeah. <laughs> Evil Dead 2 is a sequel slash remake. The only reason why they did it like that is because they wanted a little more comedy and they had more money, right? They right. That's it. Like, they had a lot more money than the first one. They're like, we got to remake that thing and just do it up. Boom. That's what It was a requel. Now, that being said, these movies have no reason to do what they're doing. Now, Chris, have you seen any of these movies yet? Uh, I haven't seen Scream, but I've seen – I actually just saw Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, yeah. literally like last week. Okay. I have, I have thoughts. Um, and what was the other <laughs> one? Um, the Matrix. And I saw that too, and I have even more thoughts. Um, yeah. Now, let me tell you about The Matrix. I've seen Matrix Ghost. I haven't seen Scream, but I know someone that gave me a review, and I was like, uh, like they kind of told me what it was, and I was like, oh. <laughs> so I probably won't be seeing that movie. I'm just going to put that out there. There you go. And so I haven't seen it, but I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything. But what they told me was it was almost a scene-for-scene scene remake of the first movie. That's like Star Wars, uh, the, the Rise of the, the Force Awakens. The same thing. Yeah, but they mean like beat for beat, beat for beat. Like mm-hmm. girl is home alone. Uh, ghost face calls girl and asks, do, so do you like scary? Mo-? Like the whole movie keeps going yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, here we go again. Um, yeah. And so, and- Chris, you know, this is something that we kind of dreaded. And, you know, we were talking about like shelvers last year, like movies that were like. You know, movies weren't getting written or made, and they're like, oh, they're breaking out these shelf for movies. But, you know, they had two years 
they have this deep fake technology. They have all this like writing. They have all these writers and all this technology. We can make these crazy movies where people can fly through clouds. And I don't know. CGI is just at its peak. You, see, you watch Marvel movies. They look great. You watch like Shang-Chi. It looks phenomenal. Like the effects are amazing. And the best we can do is remake movies beat for beat or rehash kind of storylines like The Matrix or Ghostbusters. Chris, so the good is TV this week. The bad is the state of movies. Man. Ben, I'm with you. Um, yeah. and, it, and I and hate I, to say that. It's my favorite thing in the world. Movies is my life, dude. I hate to say it, too. And, you know, the Ghostbusters and Matrix thing, um, it, it, it was it was hurtful yeah as a fan because i am for those of you who know me i am one of the biggest ghostbusters fans out there period like just, what's your favorite ghostbusters obscure line go <laughs> you never studied that's it <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a good oh man good. Right the top, uh oh, um uh, a couple of wavy lines that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> my other favorite one is uh Anytime, like someone does something good, uh, I'll just pull out. I'll pull out whatever it's in my pocket. I'm like Let's you, stick it go. you earned this. You earned this. Ah, um, yeah. You know the thing. Sorry, with, the sorry, thing sorry. No, no, it's fine. And and I'm not one of those Ghostbuster fans where it's like the the first two movies were perfect, and not, you know that's nothing's lived up. The first movie was perfect. The second first movie was perfect. It, admittedly, wasn't great. So yeah. nothing after Ghostbusters one has been as good or better. Um, the problem I had with Afterlife was they, they, it felt like I was being tricked where it's like, yeah. we're going to do the same movie, but we're going to set it in the Midwest. So we're going to trick you and we're going to put kids in it. Yeah. But, oh, by the way, the last 30 minutes is going to be exactly <laughs> what yep. Ghostbusters 1 was like. Um, and I had a lot of issues with that because there was, when you, when you, the first, I would say the first like 20 minutes of the movie was like, okay, this is promising. Like you're doing yeah. something different. Right. Yeah. This is interesting. Okay. Right. It's still tied to the original, but there's, so, it's, it's we're going to watch a different movie. All right. Like, exactly. like we thought the first 20 minutes, I'm like, all right, here we are. We're setting up the ties and then we're, you know, like a, like a top, we're going to set it off and it's going to go on its own path. Here we go. Right. Rock and roll. Right. And then it's just like probably right around when they, you know, spoiler alert, when they open the trap. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I we're, we're taking a turn, and I, I I was like, damn, because then you had an opportunity to really do something different, yep. and you just went right back to what corporate wants, and that's what happened. So for me, Ghostbusters Afterlife felt like a business transaction. It was like we're establishing a business plan rather than a like telling a creative story, right. and we're laying the groundwork for what we're trying to build because everybody's trying to be Marvel now, and it all has to, you're not thinking about that one movie anymore. You're thinking about two, three, four, and five. And so yep. that's what this movie, the last latter half of this movie is all about. And then of course the most ludicrous post credit scene of all time, which again, time. like the first 30 seconds of that post credit scene, incredible. They show a deleted scene that I had never seen before from mm -hmm. the first Ghostbusters movie. I was like, Whoa, I have never seen that scene before. And um, and then they ruined it, but, um, that, that felt weird. The matrix was even weirder. I had no, I, I've seen that movie still have no idea what it's about. Um, I, I took, I took, uh, I think I took two naps during it. We were, <laughs> we were on quarantine here 
I just took a nap. I woke up. I was like, this thing's still going. Passed back out. Woke up. I was like, this, man, it's still going. All right. I, 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 I literally took a, I watched it over a weekend. I'd watched the, <laughs> a Matrix movie over a weekend because I was like, I have no idea what's going on in this movie. Um, and it, it, it secured the thought in my head. It, it was like the final nail in the coffin that the oh, Warshawski yeah. should never make another movie again. Nope. Like, nope. never make another movie again. And th- they should be not nowhere, like give them executive producer credits, give them story credits, whatever you want to do, but do not ever let them write or direct another Matrix project ever. Put this or in some another of project. Another or project. Or any other project. I, I, like don't give them money anymore. Like it's just it it it's I the, it I'm at the I can't even talk. I'm at yeah. the point where yeah. the I, I, is, no, I feel like that. Like I was scared to talk about this movie because I don't. I was like, how am I going to put this into words? <laughs> right. I'm at the point with the Rashawskis, and I I kind of felt this way about Peter Jackson for a hot second. Is that the first Matrix is the anomaly in their careers? It's the dumb mm. luck that they got in their careers, where it's like they made one good movie, but then they exposed themselves as filmmakers and storytellers. Um, app with everything they've done since where it's like well it's like it's like the it's like the bay city rollers i mean they probably have exactly. albums upon albums of material they're they were called the scottish beatles for god's sake and all they have is s-a-t-u-r-d-a-y night s-a and then yep. you know where do they go or looking glass brandy is a great song i know on the guitar i'll play it right now it's a great song but uh if you listen to that whole album i got the album downstairs i could put that on for the podcast it's terrible, Chris. It's ter- It's goddamn terrible. <laughs> like, here's the Wachowskis. I, this is what I compare the Wachowskis to. The Wachowskis were the, the hot rookie in mm. whatever professional league cashed in on that major contract. Ryan Leaf. Then, <laughs> Ryan Leaf. And then never lived up. Yep. Never lived up. Yep. Um, like, not a single project they've done, and I'm including the two Matrix sequels, have even come close to being what I consider a watchable movie like they're unwatchable no. movies and so because they get all up inside their head and i think the way the reason why the matrix is so good is because they had joel silver in their head saying stop with mm-hmm. the psychological stuff give me more explosions and gunfights and that's yeah. why the first matrix worked. give me give me give me commando with arnold schwarzenegger joel silver movie <laughs> give me give, give me, me that give, yeah give, give me, me less talking weapon. give me yes yeah. yeah we have we have arnold Get him, get the body camo paint on him, and get him a rocket launcher. Let's stop talking right now. <laughs> yep, get him to the yeah. chopper. Let's go. Yeah, get to the chopper. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I Ben, I'm 100 with you with with movies. The state of movies is terrible, and the problem is is that it's it's even the things that I thought were going to be great, where I'm like, oh, this is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, still kind of let me down, and I'm like, yeah. um. I, I really have only been fully satisfied uh, with two projects this year. Mm. Like, like where it's like, or excuse me, pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly like, surprised. I think that's what yeah. we're hoping for with movies is like, you like, oh, let me check this movie. Out. You know, I, I think I saw a trailer a couple of years ago or a, or a couple months ago. And then you watch it. And you're like, oh, that was good. Where did yeah. that movie come from? Yeah. Right. Like I, everybody expected like Encanto, the new Disney movie. To be yeah. good, it was good. It, but it did it did it was like it did it blow me away and like exceed my expectations? No, it was good. It's fine. The two movies that really blew me out away were Tick Tick Boom on Netflix. That one mm-hmm. was like a holy shit, this is really good. And then of course Spider Man No Way Home, like that exceeded right. 
all expectations. But after that, I'm just like, yeah, okay, everything's yeah, everything's fine. Um, I feel I feel you, you know, and you know, I think I talked about on the pod last time was I felt the same way about Pig with Nicolas Cage. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm watching this thing, and you know, our thoughts yeah. on on Nicolas Nicholas, you know our thoughts, and like he's just our funny. But then I'm watching this movie, and like I'm halfway through, I'm like, wait, do I actually love this? Like, am I loving this movie right now? And then the movie right. ends, and I'm like, wait, that was a great film. That was a that was a film. Like I just watched like an Oscar worthy film right there, like shocked out of my seat. Like I think that's all you have to hope for is just like shock and and you know what it's something that you know I, I brought up the ringer earlier and you know i love all their movie podcasts i disagree with them a couple a couple times and get into facebook wars here and there yada 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 but um but one thing that they're right about is they don't make medium pictures anymore they don't make it's all Marvel or bust. It's all, we're going to have another three matrix movies, another three screen movie, another three ghostbuster movie, or it's like weirdo horror movies. There's no dead poet society. There's no more goodwill hunting. There's no more, there's no more movies. That's like a small drama with big names attached to it. Like those movies don't get made anymore. And the ones that do are starring people. They're either genre pictures, like, you know, like the movie lamb or something like that. Like where, a bizarro concept that got funding from a 24 that happened to be good, like midsummer or something that has a good director, Mm. but there's no like, you know, Helen Mirren movie, Helen Mirren's in fast and the furious movies. She's not even in like little indie pictures anymore. It's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. no, (laughs) It's it's one of those things where it's like, we're, we're just in this weird sense of where the studios, I feel no longer know what fans want in a movie. They, mm-hmm. they just no longer mm-hmm. know Marvel figured it out. And, but Marvel, Marvel's like Coca-Cola. They're not going to share the recipe with anybody. They figured out Mm-mm. something that not a single studio has figured out how to do. Uh, the only franchise that's come close in terms of delivering for fans in my mind is the John Wick series. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And then, so and that's a fluke. And that was and like a, a fluke. fluke. Like, Total I mean, fluke. that movie that I actually worked on a picture a couple of years ago, um, with with backstage people, and they're like, "Oh, you guys seen John Wick?" I was like, "I seen John Wick." They're like, "Oh, we worked on part two. It's coming out." I'm like, "Oh, get the fuck out!" And like, I'm talking to these guys, and like, no one knew what they were talking about. I'm a movie nerd, so I already saw John Wick, and everyone else on the set is like, "What are you guys talking, John Wick? What the hell is that?" And that movie, like, it was low, but yeah, I'm in a movie. I'm an extra in a movie with the backstage people. It's a, it, no one funded that movie. That was all Keanu and the director. And just because they were friends from the matrix, they just made this crazy ass movie. That was a super fluke. And yeah, Chris, you're right. That movie is probably the most anticipated movie coming out. Matrix, uh, John wick Four. you know what I mean? And it's right. just a super fluke dude. But I think it's, it's one of those things where we're seeing a lot on television. Cause we're, you know, bring it back to television real quick mm-hmm. where we are seeing series that, delve into nostalgia that do it the right way so cobra kai is a great example of this cobra kai has figured it out where it's like we're going to give you fan service but we're going to give you fan service in a way that advances stories and doesn't pander so we're going to take your favorite characters from previous movies but we're actually going to give them stuff to do and that's why i like spider-man no way home because again spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen the movie you see people from previous movies that easily could have just been a cameo easily could have just been yep. just like, just like Ghostbusters where like they come in for five minutes at the end of the movie and 
you feel pandered to. And yeah. you almost really, you almost wish that they didn't show up. Um, yeah. Like I kind of almost feel that way. And, but in Spider-Man No Way Home, they gave them something to do. They oh, were part yeah. of the storyline. They were part of valued part of the story, which is why that movie has connected. I think to so many people because I think you're right. Cause Willem Dafoe in Alfred Molina and Jamie Foxx, everyone was great. And oh my God. Like they made me, that movie made me want to go back and watch the Andrew Garfield movies, which I never thought I'd say out loud. Like I was like, Like, do I need to go back and watch these movies again? And maybe I do. Spider-Man 2 is dope still. It's really good. Watch that with the kiddo. (laughs) It's really good, dude. There you go. Yeah. Um, But like they did, and it was, it was great. And, and again, like I'm, I'm, you know, I got, I was lucky enough to see, that movie in a crowded theater on opening weekend and it it felt like you were at a sporting event i mean people were people were standing people were standing and clapping multiple times did people cheer when uh daredevil showed up oh yeah oh yeah well it was like it was one of those like things where it's like the cool people knew right when he threw his cane down that like oh well you know who that is so you immediately you got like a little spat of like oh like that um so i made sure i vocalized my coolness by saying oh and yeah uh, yeah i had to do it i had to nerd out but it, that was awesome and but yeah it's like even that scene which was a you know obviously a quick cameo it was again it was filmed in such a way that it made the character it gave you if you are a fan of daredevil that one scene gave you everything you wanted like i yep. was i was like any more any more of him in this movie i probably be like oh, a little too much a little too much that was perfect. And yeah. whatever they want to do. Unless it's like a main plot. You know, if, if right. we want to come back for next Spider-Man, he's the main character. Let's do it. But yeah, hey, it's yeah. Let's go. Um, if we're setting that up, like them two. I mean, that's a big part of the comics is them two versus Kingpin. I mean, right. I mean, I'm hey, watching if, that all day. I'm watching that gonna, movie all day. If they're playing a uh, playing a Daredevil movie uh, or revived series, like I'm in whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it, it's one of those things where. Again, Spider-Man did it right, and uh, Marvel figured it out. They're doing it right. Cobra Kai is doing it right. And these other studios that haven't caught on to that yet, um, it's like, why even try to go back and and do this nostalgia? That's why, I mean, I don't know if you saw the the trailer that was just released for the brand new Fresh Prince of Bel-Air dramatic reboot. Have you seen this? Oh, no, Chris. No. What? what? No. It's, It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And I and I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but like, so like a couple of years ago, some young filmmaker, uh, as a I guess just a film project to put on YouTube, yeah, created a trailer for a fake trailer for what if the Fresh Prince of Bel Air was a gritty dramatic. Series. Oh, I think I watched that like a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, I think I like, saw that. And, yeah. and so you watch it, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's actually pretty good. Like the way high quality production yeah. value, like you're like, oh wow, that's pretty cool. Well. Guess who watches that? Will Smith watches it. Oh, says, no. oh, that's not a bad idea. Let's do that. Speaking and of speaking of someone that shouldn't make movies anymore. Someone, yeah, <laughs> someone who really shouldn't. Um, <laughs> there should be like a like a blacklist, you know. And I hate to say that because it's not because they're communists, not because <laughs> you know what their political views or whatever, but just because they make bad movies. Can we do yeah. that? Can, yeah. Is that like so biased? Like I'm like, now you're in movie jail. You can't come out. Now yeah. you're all set. <laughs> No, Will Will Smith's on that list. M. Night Shyamalan's on that list. What was that? Um, After Earth. 
after. Wait, wasn't the, that both? Wasn't that both of them? Was that M Light Shyamalan and Will? Oh, it's not the perfect storm. Perfect storm. Oh. Two people should never make a movie. Making a movie. Together. You know, Chris. Chris, you know that movie. Um, you know my movie rating where I go like negative four is like cheesy movies. Yep. Plus four is good movies. Yep. That movie's all zero all day. That movie just zero sits there. Day. And you just like the same with the new matrix. That is a zero. You're just sitting there going like, this is something that someone filmed and now I'm stuck watching it. Like, you're just like, it's a a punishment movie. It's, it's, (laughs) it's like, it's a movie that if you, you make as part of a wager, like if you lose, you have to watch after earth. (laughs) Yeah. We should Chris, we should start our own fantasy football league. And then we'll like (laughs) loser hit like the, the, the Sacco trophy has to watch after earth by themselves. And right, they have to they have to watch it and provide like a pod. They have to like podcast live. You got to do like the the YouTube reaction video. You got to do that live on YouTube. We watch you watch it, but we don't have to watch it. We'll just watch your face. That's what I mean. I me and my friends uh, from high school, we did. We had a fantasy movie league. Yeah. And the the rule was, whoever (laughs) lost, the person that won the league got to pick the punishment movie for the loser. Oh. And one year I won and my friend lost. And I knew that she she doesn't do well with like historic dramas or like think pieces. So I Oh picked, no, don't say it. Don't say so, it. So I picked JFK. Uh because I was Oh, like, I thought you were gonna do gods and generals. <laughs> oh, that was that would have been my next choice. Um Although she does hate Gettysburg. She's actually told me she's hate Gettysburg. Oh, then she'd love Gettysburg. Yeah, she'd love because that's all monologues. Um, but I, I, I picked JFK because the movie is like three and a half hours long, and it does. Mm. Like, you, it's like if you don't pay attention for five seconds, you're lost. The movie's gone. Yeah. It's, oh, it's movie's bad. so good, too. I love that movie <laughs> so much. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, the, the, it's the After Earth, Punisher movie. So, yeah, there's, oh. there's a blacklist out there of people – that just shouldn't make movies anymore. Um, Colin Trevorrow's, um, he's 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 approaching that. That, you know, his Jurassic uh, movies and stuff like that have not been oh, great. So I tried to watch like the first couple minutes of that, and that's a requel too. That was terrible. That was that could fall under that. I like this term because like if you yeah. get caught watching one of those, you're like, oh no, I gotta get out of here. This is terrible. Like, ah. <laughs> uh, and oh. you know, again, the state of movies. As much as I love Marvel, as much as I love everything that they're doing, like if if someone says, "Do you think Marvel has been good for the movie business?" Creatively speaking, I'd be like, "Ugh, that's a that's mm. tough to say because it's it's basically you've got studios that want to copy that model and therefore aren't taking chances on the Dead Poets Societies of the world, the you know um, those types of films. And so, yeah, there's yeah, some movies out there. You know, it's so weird because people want to see stuff like this. And, you know, going back to my first topic, you know, with Yellowstone, I mean, there are episodes of that show and they have to deal with the drama between white landowners versus Indian reservations, which is such a dramatic kind of topic that you don't see in a Marvel movie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That you don't see on Mm -hmm. film or anything like that, which is just so interesting. So I don't know. It's just. People want to see content that are like heavy dramas with good actors. So I think all the writers, and maybe maybe Marvel did this, like 2008 is the first Iron Man. Maybe post-2008, all the TV writers were like, wait, Mad Men's over there? Breaking Bad's over there? I'm going to go over there because mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been holding on to these screenplays for movies, but they're not getting picked up. 
but at least I'll get picked up to write uh, episode of Sons. I'll write an episode of Breaking Bad. I'll do this, and maybe I'll headline a show someday. Like maybe that's the game plan for writers, and that's why all the good writers are over there. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. That's, yeah, it's it's a it's a complex conversation. I think it's only going to get more complex as the time goes on, and we see what's coming out from uh, these studios. But definitely something to be looking at uh, further. So good. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's definitely so. I, that was my good. That was my bad. And then my third's going to be my ugly. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. But that's my, my ugly. I can't wait to get to ugly. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> my Eli um, Wallach is coming, man. <laughs> hey, angel <laughs> face. Angel face. Where's the gold? Uh, Goldie. Oh, oh, that's a great reference. Oh, my God. Um, let's, let's talk about um, our, our good old friends at SNL. Okay, and a little SNL update. We're like at the half year mark. I like this. Okay, like the halftime, and okay. and I have to be honest, they have like, clearly they're fans of the pod because I, I think they, clearly, clearly the writers are fans of the pod because everything you and I have been clamoring for for the past two and a half years that we've been doing this podcast, taking risks, getting better mm-hmm. hosts, concentrating less on, uh, you know. Uh, less cameo, less cameo less stuff. Like, like opening, opening scene, just like here's Robert De Niro, Whee! Right. and then everyone claps for like five minutes, and it's like, hey, Mr. President, you know your shoes untied. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like letting your cast members cook, like letting your cast members yeah. actually cook. They're doing it this year, and I know what the they're, I, they're been, friends of the pod, dude. They're friends, they're friends of the pod. Of the pod. <laughs> like every episode that's happened this season has had me laughing out loud on multiple yep. occasions and uh, it's a breath of fresh air i am i am i like all in again and saying like snl's back baby and it's all no mm. we're, we're not there mm. yet we're not there yet but they're trending in the right direction and one way they're trending in the right direction is i think they've done one of the best jobs of picking hosts this season um, me too totally agree totally yeah. agree bro they're doing all the right things they're bringing all the right people and I, I don't know if you've heard yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna break something to you in just a sec. So the first is um, the first episode of this new year uh, was last weekend, yeah. And I can literally say, friend of the blog and and friend. This is the first time I can actually say someone I'm friends with hosted SNL, which is weird to say out loud. Um, Ariana Debose, who is in the West Side Story movie. Right, about to probably win an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. Like, she's winning everything so far. She's on the rise. She's mm-hmm. she's an original cast of Hamilton. That's how I met her. Um, and I just know her through theater stuff. And, um, like, literally like two weeks before they like the episode happened, they announced that she was hosting SNL. They, and they told her two and a half weeks before the episode aired. So it wasn't like she had been keeping the secret for like six months. She, you know, literally found out when we did, um, did an incredible job. And this is one of those things where it's like if SNL, again, they picked the right person because she is a stage performer. Right. Exactly, Chris. You got so much. You know what, man? We totally said this last year, didn't we? Totally. You know, oh, my God. Like, stop getting like Mitt Romney on the show. I don't think he's ever. Who am I thinking of? Steve Forbes on the show. Stop getting these. Like yeah, Elon. Yeah, I mean it's funny, haha. <laughs> and you're like, wait, why is this guy here? I don't know what's going on. Like, get someone that knows how to improv. Get someone that knows that's not scared of. I mean, 
from all accounts, SNL, I haven't been in there. Me and Lynette stayed outside for a couple minutes waiting for tickets. We were like, screw this noise. Uh, <laughs> but from all accounts, like the theater holds 500 people. It's not a lot of people in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a, someone that's used to Broadway, they're like, who? Like even like someone that like me, like regional theater dude, I'm like 500 people. I'll perform for 500. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like get someone in there like that, Chris, you know? Yep. So like they, they get um you know guys like Paul Rudd and right. uh Kieran Culkin and Jason Sudeikis oh. who oh. <laughs> like you don't need to give those guys direction on anything they're going to be fine and even like you know like this season they had some wild cards like when i heard that like Kim Kardashian was going to host i was like oh god how's this going to go yeah. pretty solid episode like dude pretty solid episode and you know what you know what helped her is they brought the whole family out and they right. she and and you got a sense. I gotta give her props. Yeah, Katie likes the show and stuff. Kim Kardashian show and and she was like, you know, they really made fun of Kanye. They made fun of everything on that show. Yep. That you got a sense that Kim was a great, great sport and said, nothing's off limits. Just go nuts. Like just, just make fun nuts. of my whole family. And it was uh, that was the best part of that episode. Like there was one, it was like family court or people's court and it was her versus Kanye. And like, they were like cutting pretty deep. Like if, if she wasn't on the show, I'd be like, I think Ooh. they should ease up. Like, I mean, right. ouch. like, I mean, <laughs> they're kind of cutting some deep, but she's the one delivering the jokes. It was like, right. good for her. And, you know? and then they get like Jonathan majors who was, you know, yep. from Lovercraft country. And then, Oh yeah. Right. Lou from Shang-Chi, Billie Eilish. I was like, wow. Like they're, People that, you know, it's like, okay. Billy They're performers. Was, They're performers. Singer. They're performers. You, you know, no matter what, like, yeah, Simi Lou and uh, uh, Billy Ellis, they're performers ab- above everything. So they're, they're, the good times are rolling in SNL. They're doing all the right mm-hmm. things. So, Ben, mm-hmm. these are the next two hosts. These are the next two episodes. I know the Will, next one. Is it Will Will Forte? Will Forte is hosting this weekend. I haven't heard and the next one. Again, SNL alum, he's going to be fine. The guy, like, we're going to get MacGruber back on SNL this week. I can't. I am so I, which, happy about this. Which I rewatched the Betty White MacGruber, which is oh, hilarious. So when she keeps playing dead, she keeps faking dead. Uh, she, I saw your eye move. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. By the way, underrated movie, by the way, MacGruber. Phenomenal. Uh, uh, phenomenal. That, and I need to review the new show because it's on I Peacock. Wait. I got the Peacock. I got to watch it. So I got to watch it. But, Ben, it was announced today. Yeah. That the uh, January 29th, for the first time ever. You say Bruce Campbell. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a lap around my house. <laughs> almost as good. We're getting we're getting Willem Dafoe. Shut. Oh my God, that is almost as good. Holy shit! You just <laughs> gave me chills right there. Oh my God, I didn't think you were going that. Willem Dafoe is hosting. Willem Dafoe is hosting SNL on January 29th. Uh, first time in his career he's ever done this. By the way. All right, Chris. So. <laughs> Chris, all right. I, I'm already going to write some sketches right now. Are you ready? Okay. First of all, we got to do a Green Goblin sketch. We got to get that mm-hmm. out of the way. All right, Green Goblin sketch is great. Like, second sketch I'm going to do. And, and this is like, this is uh, this is it. Right, like, they can take this. If they're friends of the pod, upload this. If they do this, no copyright creative rate yeah, for this. No. Okay. Go ready? Ahead. Okay, Willem Dafoe just plays a dude. He's at a Starbucks. We get the product placement in there because SNL likes to do that. They get a little extra cash where we make fun mm-hmm. of, you know. He's at a Starbucks and he's like, "Hey, I'll take a, uh, I'll take a, a mocha frappe uh, grande, right?" And they're mm-hmm. like, "Sir, we're out of the grande cups." And then he turns to camera, 
and falls to his knees. And then the song from Platoon starts playing. <laughs> and he puts his arms out and starts doing the shake. And then everyone's like, what are you doing? He's like, no, grande. And then and then he'll get up and he orders something else. And the same thing. You do that five times in a row. I'm laughing every time. So you guys can take that. That's just take it. That's just for me, me to you. Yeah, lifelong first time, first time caller, lifelong listener. Uh, you could go ahead and take that. Yeah. Uh, give me maybe a lighthouse parody. Um, oh, oh, get a Robert Pattinson. <laughs> oh, that'd be a great opening monologue. Because has Robert Pattinson hosted? Oh, he's hosted, I think. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so great. If he's like, hey, well, how's it going? And and like he he breaks into that crazy monologue where he's like, I am the sea boy and I'll kill you. And he's screaming at the top of his lungs. Oh my God, Chris. Because he's had so many dramatic roles. It's yeah. just gonna be if you just play on him turning like because Willem Dafoe turns scary really quick. If you just right. do that, it's gonna be so funny. Oh my god. It's 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 gonna be a very interesting episode because I, it, I compare it to when Malkovich hosted, where it's like oh, yeah. you're getting a guy that is not known for this type of comedy, but yet if it's good writing and they figure out how to use yep. his talents in the right way, it could be genius. And there's a sketch that Michaelvich did where he's telling the night before Christmas to a group of kids. Oh, so great. It's, it's one of the funniest things I've ever, I've ever seen. So if they can you know, get the and, right and people, Chris, yeah. And Chris, like freaking, um, and from all accounts, Malkovich and Willem Dafoe, super nice people. They, they seem oh, yeah. like the nicest people, like willing to make mm -hmm. fun of themselves. Like, so this is a perfect storm coming, dude. Oh, so needless to say, whoever decided this year that, you know what, let's, let's do SNL according to Ben and Chris and yeah. let's do what they want and let's see how it goes. You, you pick the right podcast to listen to. You're doing all the right things. So yeah, keep it I, up. I'm, I'm just, I'm tickled. It's one of those, like someone's someone up there must love me because it's like Willem <laughs> Dafoe. And um, I mean, Katy Perry is the musical guest. So like pretty quality there too, but yeah. Um, like just you gotta like, do, oh, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Gotta do what you gotta do. But like, you know, I, I'm all in. Um, and then Will Forte this weekend, I'm all in too. Again, yeah, of course. Performers, people that know how to perform. Um, and then, you know, Chris, and for the past couple of years, even when it was bad, the guys that carried the show when it was bad are um, Colin Jost and Michael Che. Like, mm -hmm. they are phenomenal. Like, their yeah. banter back and forth is so good. And the jokes on Weekend Update have been so great. So just keep up the good stuff. Guys. Keep up the good stuff, man. All right. Yep. All right. I've been uh, putting this off long enough. Let's get to the ugly, my friend. All right. All right, Chris. I know Mr. Savannah, Georgia, you moved down south. And uh, well, actually, I don't know this about your state laws or anything like that. But uh, Bill Simmons, um, hopefully friend of the pod soon enough. Um, mm. He was actually saying, you know. I, you know, he was a Boston guy. He moved out to LA and he loves it in LA, but you know, him and cousin Sal always talk about the taxes and, you know, fires going on and it's just terrible out there. He's yeah. like, I've never wanted to live in New York state or New York city before last week. And something happened last Saturday at 9am. Me and the lady were trapped in the house and something happened. Oh, New York state officially legalized online gambling. Let's oh no! <laughs> oh no! Okay. So Chris, you know, you know, uh, you and me were texting like maybe a week ago, and you're talking about how great Savannah is and stuff. Me and the family might just show up, like you know, like in the 20s, like like boxcar hobos when they had the fingerless gloves. 
Like Graves of Wrath? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> Peter Fonda. And I'm like, hey, uh, hey, Chris, you spare a dollar? Oh, Ben, it's you. It's you. Oh, I, do I know you? Uh, that's going to be me. <laughs> Somewhere there's a guy trying to do, make his living. I'll be there. <laughs> 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 That's the ugly of the week. We had the good man, the ugly. So Let's how say, how deep did you get? How how in deep did you get already? Now, now Chris, this so far everything's great. We're all well, we're fine. Talking about sports gambling, right? Sports gambling, just all sports gambling. gambling. Yeah, sports okay. gambling, right. of course. Okay. Yeah. And so instead of going ten minutes down the road to my casino, I could do this <laughs> on my phone in the basement. <laughs> Um, live while the game's going on. So it's like every once in a while I'll get this little buzz on my phone. And I'm like, oh, what's it? Is someone texting me? I'll look down. Oh, FanDuel's texting me. It's like, uh, want to win your money back? Bet on Cooper Cup to score two more touchdowns. Oh, okay, FanDuel. It's so easy for you. Oh. It is. Dege- now, do you get this down in Georgia? No. You got this? Oh, thank nope. God. Don't. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, you should go to your congressman and say, don't bring this to my state. All right. Just don't. <laughs> Let let the tri-state area have it. Not don't forget. <laughs> don't bring that mess down here. No, yeah, they don't even have casinos. They, there's there's no casinos oh, in Georgia. Good for you. Good. Yeah. Great. You, have to, you um, gotta drive to like New Orleans to gamble or something like that. What? Or no, you have to you have to get on riverboats. They have riverboat gambling down here. So as long as you're in, in the water, you're fine. But uh, you can't right, can't Chris. do it on land. All right. Um, you might have just sold me about moving down. <laughs> <laughs> Riverboat poker gambling. You're, you're going to come I'm... dressed as like Maverick. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be James Coburn down there. Oh, my God. Um, so let me talk about this. Let Chris, let me. All right. <laughs> FanDuel is my app. Uh, you know, there's a couple other people that we know. I don't want to say their names because they might be like, hey, <laughs> you know, X nay on the editing bay. <laughs> um, so I was just going to say FanDuel's great. Um, what's cool is you can refer a friend and you get an extra free hundo for gambling. So not, you both I'm not do. getting involved. I'm not. Getting no, involved. no. Well, you can't cause you're in Georgia. So thank God. But if you ever come up to Connecticut, we can do this thing. But, um, so I'm up a couple hundred and some change, but like, that's just because they gave me the promo like, and Chris, so something that I've learned, I mean, I probably learned it last year when the casino opened their sports book. I am a terrible sports gambler i am terrible at this thing i am so bad at this it's so terrible and it's a good thing that i'm a cheapskate because my bets never go over five bucks so thank god i'm like such a cheapskate and i'm like i'll wake up the next morning and be like oh the penguins didn't hit four goals last night damn it <laughs> like luckily i'm not betting like hundreds of dollars so oh. but that is the well, ugly now, thing. but yes <laughs> yeah check with, yeah check with me next year you know check with me next year but um I mean, <laughs> let me tell you. So it's a fun way to get the sports. I sound like such a junkie. Uh, it's a fun way to get the, the sport games like interesting while you're watching. But oh, it's kind of terrible. It is the ugly of the sports world. Um, there's a couple rules. You can't bet on local sports. So no, you can't bet on Syracuse Orange up here. Uh, but other than that, it's just on. And like all fanness, like. You bet on the Patriots. Of course, you know I lost that bet. You, And, you know, I bet on the Red Sox. I lost that bet. So, like, uh, what the uh, bookies and the, the casinos got on you is, like, you always, like, have – if you're a real sports fan, like you and me, we're big Sox fans. If you're a real Sox fan, they got you, man. Like, how many mm-hmm. World Series are the Sox going to win? Like, 
one out of like 10 times. So you're betting hundreds of dollars each time they go into like they start the season. So it's <laughs> it's so the odds are stacked against you. It's terrible, but it's tons of fun, Chris. So that's what's going on up here in New York State. So um, we might be moving down to Georgia with it. Just, you know, not because we want to, but <laughs> just because to get me away from this terrible addiction. I just can't wait for you to pull into town with all like your your belongings stacked on the car and oh, like the um, Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> yeah, like uh, looking for like <laughs> looking for jobs, looking for granny. Work. Get off, granny. Get off the truck. Help me unload. I heard. Yeah, I heard there cool. was work. I heard there was work down Georgia way. Yeah, uh, Georgia way. I heard they're making them Marvel movies. I could be a production assistant. <laughs> I could work in their movies. Um, yeah, Texas Tea. <laughs> you're gonna teach you're gonna teach you teach Deacon how to do a soft shoe on the side of the road so I can ah. call a coin. Uh, <laughs> I know I gotta get some fingerless gloves. I gotta get some fingerless gloves <laughs> and like not a cowboy hat. I don't know, it's like a Stetson, and we gotta cut a hole. Like I don't understand how like holes are cut in hats like that. It's gotta be a reject, and I gotta get that just like Jethro and the Beverly Hillbillies. We gotta get yeah. that going. Uh I gotta tell you, I mean, you know, it's funny. Like, you could go to, you know, before before sports gambling was legalized in Connecticut, um, I would I could only do it in Vegas. And right when you go to Vegas, it was like the, it was like more of like a, you're not you're not doing it seriously. It's like yeah, I'll put a hundred bucks in this game, and that'll be that. I'm not spreading out like five hundred bucks. Right, like the Red Sox would be on, and you go to like the Gold Nugget Sportsbook. Yeah, like, Man, I've never done this. Like, yeah, and the guy walks like, you through. Oh, I'm like, can I put twenty on the Red Sox? And he's like, do you want to parlay that? I'm like, what is that? What I just want them mean? to win. And they're like, well, here's your twenty dollar bet. You get five bucks if they're in. You're like, sweet. <laughs> you have yeah, no yeah. idea what you're doing. <laughs> if I win, if I win this five bucks, drinks on everybody. Drinks on yeah. everybody. But, um. <laughs> But now, but I, you know, when I was, I, cause I just, I literally just moved to Connecticut and, and sports gambling was legalized in Connecticut a little while ago. Uh, you got to see how it can change people. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I, 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 when I lived in Connecticut, I lived 20 minutes from Mohegan Sun. So I was there definitely more than I should have been, uh, but <laughs> at least a couple times a month um, playing poker. But the poker room was right next to the sports book. So you could see the clientele that's coming to the sportsbook. And I, when I tell you that there's something about the way that people lose in blackjack and slots and things yep. like that, where it's almost like you're expecting the house is going to win at some point. Like there's right. no, right. when you get wiped out at blackjack, you're like, oh, well, you know, I was going to probably get wiped out. Number right. I, I brought 200 to play with. I lost 200. Let's get out of here. Right. right. You, you're expecting to lose. Right. With sports, <laughs> the way that the guys, and I say guys, cause it's 99% men on time. Um, the way that they lose, it's not pretty to look at. Because no, it is not. They are convinced they're going to win. Yep. They are convinced that they have the knowledge to give them the edge to get them to win. And when <laughs> things don't go their way, the problem, the other, the other thing is like when I lose a blackjack, when I lose a poker, when I lose at slots, I have control. It's I, I'm the one that hit on 15. I'm the right. one who. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I know enough was, about blackjack that I know that I'm a terrible blackjack gamer that's why i usually like if i go to a vegas casino and they have dollar blackjack i'm, I'm going to that table because i'm a terrible piece of shit right. i don't care if i win or lose like i don't want to bet at the same table where a guy's betting 50 next to me and screw up his whole flow i, I don't want right. that to happen right you have control of your destiny 
in those right. situations. With sports betting, you have no control. No. And the the despair that I see that I've witnessed <laughs> in sports books when a when a guy simply just scores a touchdown that changes the final score of the game um, oh. is it makes you first of all say thank God I'm not there as a human being like I'm not <laughs> I I don't know that feeling that that guy's feeling right now and I never want to feel that feeling but no. it is I it is unlike anything you will see at a casino. And so I, I encourage anybody out there now, people that, uh, that want to get, you know, better from, from certain addictions and gambling, uh, or people that might want to convince their loved ones not to get involved in sports betting, take them to a sports book on a Sunday afternoon during football season or, Oof. or the first round of the NCAA tournament, some big sports day that, that typically has a lot of betting going on. Um, you know, a UFC fight night or something like yep. that and just watch the audience because I, I tell you, Ben, I've seen men like I, who break down crime because they've just lost everything on a football game or a prop bet or like it is, it is just something else. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I understand from a financial standpoint, why these States are allowing it and legalizing it. But it's going to open up so many cans of worms out there that I'm just like, oh, yeah. So needless to say, yeah. stay stay well. <laughs> yes, yeah. All right, thanks, Chris. Yeah, um, no, I know that personally. Like, I'm I'm a cheap. You know, I've had we have uh, Vernon Downs up here, which is a horse track, which I should have mm-hmm. taken you when you came up to visit. It's oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, and it's got the trotters. You know what the trotters are? No. It's so it's not thoroughbred, which is like your traditional Saratoga racers. It's like these carts and these men are on the back of these carts that are like the size of me. <laughs> oh, wow. And they just can't like, and they're getting, pulled. it's like chariot race and they get whipped oh, by the, yeah, the you know, yeah. I've seen it. I know. Trotters. Yep. Yeah. Oh, trotters. cool. 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 And so, and it's kind of cool. It's gambling light. There's usually like five, six horses a race. So yeah, it's like the odds are low, but you got pretty good chances. Your horse coming in, you, you know, you don't want to bet over five bucks a race, 10 bucks a race. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so I kind of had a nice soft open to this online gambling thing. So it's not like this is my first rodeo. So I've kind of rationalized in my head and with my background in, you know, uh, drugs and alcohol and everything like that, my, uh, my credentialing and stuff. I know that sports gambling, lotto gambling and horse gambling hits the same receptor as cocaine. Mm. So I know that it's about the thrill of the win. So like you said, Chris, it's not like about poker or blackjack or even slots for that matter where it's like, all right, I got 500 to spend. I'm hoping to go up. If not, this is throwaway money. Let's do this. Um, I've, I've set aside this much money. Sports gambling is different. I view it almost as a scratch off ticket or a lotto ticket. Mm, like mm-hmm. if you view it like that, if you were like, oh, the Powerball is up to 400 mil. All right, I might as well pick up a ticket. Like if you view it like that, then you're OK. Like, like but like you said, Chris, it's it's totally out of control. Like like I said, um, my neighbor, he's in the Pittsburgh Penguins. Last night I bet on the Penguins. It was, um, you know, uh, hockey gambling is really degenerate. It's super degenerate. And like so um, the over in hockey a low over is usually 4.5 or 5.5 goals, like the oh, over geez. total. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. And so I bet the over and I bet penguins to win, just money line, penguins to win. 
Um, when I went to bed last night because it was a late game, they were down three nothing in the first. <laughs> so I said, "All right, five buck bet. Let's just go to bed." I lost. You know, whatever. I woke up. Pittsburgh scored five unanswered goals. <laughs> so I won. Pittsburgh won and the over it was seven goals. And I'm like, what? I text my neighbor. I'm like, what the hell's going on? He's like, yeah, five unanswered goals. So, Chris, like you're saying, it's a total crapshoot, dude, especially right. with like hockey or baseball. Baseball is like just all over. Baseball, I've watched games and it's one nothing. Or I've watched games, it's 20 to 18. Like, you don't know what's going <laughs> to happen during like a baseball game. It's like, like Yankees, Red Sox. I've watched games. Where it's like going into the fifth, it's 11-9. And then I've watched games, it's 0-0 going into the eighth. Like, yeah, how are you supposed to call over-under in those games? You can't. It's a, it's no. a total crapshoot, dude. No. So, I, mean, I mean, I was going to say, the only – unless you're the mob and you're fixing games. like <laughs> Right, unless no, you know you a guy. Right? You know, you're not going to control the outcome. I mean, I, I think your safest bet in terms of, like, where – it's generally going to maybe fall close to where the line is, is probably football. Um, yeah. Seems to be it where it's like, okay, these games typically follow. And the lines usually are pretty close. Um, right. It's like end. 42, so, 45, 46. It's around that. Yeah. yeah so like right. you're, you're good to go, but yeah, no, I, I, you know, I've seen people bet on tennis. I've mm-hmm. seen people bet on the Olympics. I've seen people bet on, um, you know, just the, the most obscure. Oh, well, Chris, you know, I didn't want to get into YouTube right now, but the World Series of Bowls is going on. And I think I commented on last year, which is kind of like indoor bocce. It's going on live on YouTube. You, everyone needs to watch the sport. It's great. And I'm sitting there like I'm looking at FanDuel. I'm like, where's the World Series of Bowls, guys? We got to bring this up. Got to bring it up. <laughs> like, I, I, don't underst- I don't understand the people that bet on college sports. Like, that I could never get into. Because that's goofy. Just, that's just That's so just goofy. goofy. Like yeah, I'm gonna bet just, on Harvard versus Yale. I'm gonna take the yeah. over. That's like <laughs> what? <laughs> like it's just yeah. So anyway. Um, anyway, can't judge. Uh, you know, if you have a problem with addiction and gambling, please seek help. But yes. you know, it's but mark my words as an addiction counselor. It treat sports gambling like a lotto ticket. Indeed. Once you do that you kind of see the big play. You're like, oh, okay. Like that Pittsburgh game that I won miraculously, I won $15. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, oh, my God. Like, but the odds of me winning that were crazy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like, and so I have 200 something bucks, and that's probably going to carry me through MLB. You know what I mean? Because I'm going to bet. And there's, you know what's nice about this is there's no minimum bet. So I can bet a dollar a game, which is really nice. Yeah. So I, th- I'm hoping this will last. I, I usually do five on sports gambling, but you know, that's the ugly Chris. That's why yeah. I had to report to the pod this week. And I, and I will tell anybody out there who's wondering, okay, well, when do you know that you have a problem? Like when, did, mm-hmm. when do you know that you have a gambling problem? I'll, I'll tell you. I mean, I was there um, mm-hmm. first year out of college when I discovered poker and I discovered mm-hmm. what I could that do. That was the I, heyday. That was a uh, Chris Moneymaker. Yes, yeah, Chris, Chris Moneymaker. Yeah. This is 2004, 2005, literally the pinnacle of the World Series of Poker. And I would I was working in New Haven, Connecticut. And every night after work, which I would get out at five o'clock, I would drive to Foxwoods and play poker. Wow. That's a trek from New Haven, dude. It's like a good that's an hour. It's yep. it's it's a straight up hour. I would play poker until midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock calculate that I would get back to my apartment by like three o'clock. I could get a solid four hours of sleep 
and be up to work next morning. I would calculate of my weekly paycheck that I was getting, which by the way, at the time, this is 2004, 2005. <laughs> yeah, you're 22 was, years old. What are you making? I'm 22 years old. What are you pulling old. down, bro? I was pulling down after taxes. I was oh. pulling down, I think, 880. 880 nice. is per paycheck, which nice. at the time, that's pretty good. Told, pretty good. I won't yeah. lie. Um, but I would calculate, okay, so I'm going to put down, I'm going to go to the casino with 300. So that should leave me enough to pay for groceries and. I, Lighting bill, we'll figure that out later. Uh, it was like, yeah, when you're budgeting your life about yeah. around not how much you could potentially win, but how much you're okay with losing, how much, how much you need, yeah, how much you need, that's when right. you've got a problem. And I did not take the right steps back then to uh take care of myself and get the help that I needed. And I got into a really dark spot with having to pay certain rent and you know, and ended up getting me evicted from my first apartment, which by the way, folks, if you get evicted from your apartment, that's stealing our record for two or three uh, years. Yeah. For so, a while. Yeah. I know that from helping my people. Yep. Yep. So get, you know, good luck getting any, anything with eviction on your record. So that happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I, again, I, I don't know if this is the expert clinical thing of, of how to recognize. No, you're, you're preaching the truth here. This is it, man. But yeah, it was that that's what it did it for me. And so Clin um, uh, clinically, Chris, it's when it affects anything. So like this is you could be addicted to sugar, you could be addicted to cocaine mm. or gambling or anything. Whenever it affects, um, uh, I think it's five or six major life areas, and that's financial, which is, you know, your rent and everything like that, uh, family, relationships, um, mental health, physical health. And there's one more. That, that That's it. That, that's good. Five. I think it's five. So anything that affects those areas and you continue. So let's say like, uh, I, don't know, I crashed the car in the house and I'm like, oh, shit, I shouldn't, you know, oh, fuck, I fucked up. And then I do it again <laughs> mm. for some reason. So anything that affects a life area and then you continue to do it again, that's how you measure addiction. There you go. Good to know. Hey, wow. Yeah. This is good. This is a, this is why I'm glad we're having these discussions. I, I can't believe so, Hey, we went to the ugly. Maybe we should break these down into the good, bad, and the ugly. I, I, you know what? I kind of like this idea going forward. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I kind of like this. Um, Cause you never know what could lead to. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. All right. So I guess, I guess for my third is, is the bad in all this, or maybe the sad. I'll put it that the way. Sad, oh, sad. The sad, all right. And I the hate, good, I hate bad. The good, bad, the ugly, and the sad. Uh, but uh, but we'll, we'll we'll make it positive. We'll make it positive. But Ben, uh, yeah. this year has been rough uh, in terms of uh, celebrity deaths. We've we've not got off to a great start. Wicked, wicked rough, bro. Yeah, um, lost Betty White on New Year's Eve, oh. which you know we knew was probably going to come, but still um, was sad nonetheless. Uh, yeah. Then we lost Sydney Poitier like a week after that, and mm -hmm. you know you want to talk about someone who. I, you know, revered as an actor, as a young acting student, yeah. and just fan of, of film and people. Or film, film, yep, film. Oh yep. my God, like Sidney Poitier was just absolute freaking legend. And and then, you know, last week losing Bob Saget um, was the most unexpected one out of out of all three. Um, you know, and they say these things happen in threes. Um, Bob Saget was the one that, that 
was the gut punch because none of us saw that coming. It was completely out of nowhere. Um, 65 years old. So, you know, in, in your head, you're thinking this guy had decades left to give. Um, and was in the midst of, of doing what he was, he, he was doing. Like he was in the middle of a stand-up tour and, uh, you know, reportedly passed away in his sleep one night. So, yeah. um, and, and what was interesting about Saget specifically and, and Poitier and, and Betty White, no one, you know, can say a bad thing about any of those people, but with Saget, especially, um, you know, it was one of those things where everybody who knew him, uh, yeah. everybody who came in contact said, yeah. You know, the guy came as advertised, if not more. Yep. And yep. Gar- giving, caring person. And what I really appreciated about Bob Saget was um, he never, at least from the public side of it, you know, before they did that sequel series to Full House, the Fuller House thing, and it was just simply... A requel? A requel? A requel, thank you. A requel, yep. if you will. Thank you. Thank um, you. Uh, he never, you never got the sense that he was like that bitter ex- star you know no, like that no not at all no you know and it was like okay so you know full house is done america's funniest home videos is done now i'm gonna now he's gonna go back to his stand-up comedy roots and do that stuff um and he kind of reinvented himself and had a renaissance and then fuller house came along and he was right back to there again but um that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize is is how good of a stand-up comic he was yeah. um and ev- all the people from comedy are just devastated uh, about this as well but it was it was also really comforting to see that how well he was remembered and it was kind of one of the things that we should all be you know so nicely remembered when we move on um but ben i just wanted your thoughts on bob saget and and, and anybody else you know bob, uh, Sidney poitier and betty white that we've lost as well and uh, get your perspective well yeah 2022 yes I, I i agree with everything you said but 2022 has been a bastard so far we also lost ronnie specter Oh, and yes. we also lost John Madden too. Oh my God! <laughs> it's been—it's like if you forgot those, like it's been pretty brutal, like the last couple of weeks, bro. Oh my God! Completely forgot about Ronnie. It's like two. Now. It's been—I'm looking at my texts. It's been like two weeks. It's—it oh. it's, hasn't been a lot. I mean, no. well, I mean, wait, what? It's—it's it's January 18th right now. <laughs> it mm. hasn't been that long. So 2022 is off to a banger. You know what I mean? It's just, and you know, Chris, I think that. I mean, are there famous people in the world? Of course, you have our we have our Kim Kardashians. We have our Pete Davidsons. We have our SNL alum that are currently going right now, yada, yada, yada. But I think the people that are passing away now are going to be revered differently because the people when they were at their heyday, when they were on match game 1975 or wherever, there were only four channels in all of America and like 23 million people would tune in to watch match game on a Tuesday morning. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that things are so spread out right now that if you just said, Hey, there's this web series that I really loved. And this guy passed away. You'd be like, "Mm, okay. Didn't really watch that show. I'll check it out. It's like, I think that's, what's going to start happening. Like 10, 20 years from now, like, I don't know. A, a guy that's on a pretty famous show right now will just pass away, and people will be like, "Yeah, he was a great actor." Did did everyone see that? No, I never checked that show out. I I, I think 
the legacy of these famous people that are passing away is different than the legacy of the people that are famous now. And I just, yeah. I hate to say that. And it's just because we're all spread out. We're just kind of all spread out. You know, you're talking about like how Georgia is kind of cool. Cause like regionally, like everyone's proud of their nearest college or their nearest city. It's just like, because it's kind of like insulary. Like now it's just, there's so many outlets for media. It's so hard to kind of get behind stuff. So I don't know. I think this is going to keep happening for at least 10 years. It's going to be nasty, dude. Yeah. And I just want to um, segue real quick. And not that it um, – this is one of my three, but I was, I was kind of one of my four, so to speak, that I wanted to quickly yeah. say. Um, and this is just kind of me giving a unsolicited advice to our listeners. And the advice is this. If you are someone that is stressed out or um, kind of done with – kind of the drama in their life that yeah. is happening, change your scenery, change your scenery mm. a little bit. Um, whether it's, you know, if you're lucky enough to change a job, if you're changing uh, which stores you go to to shop for your groceries, if you change just the littlest things, because it opens up your entire world and perspective and shows you how little some of those things really do mean in the long run. And I'll give you an example. So, yeah, you know, with the blog, with the amount of social media that we do for the blog, I'm not going to lie to you. There's a lot of terrible people on social media, toxic people that want nothing to do but just bash you. On well, you know, media. Chris, I, I'm a big movie fan. I, I mean, we sit here and watch TV and report to a podcast, but there's a lot of indoor kids that don't, uh, mm -hmm. that don't uh, have. They're not. They don't get the good social skills, and the only no. outlet they have is just getting nasty on nasty social media. Social media, right. right? Yeah. And someone like me who. I have to read the comments because uh, you know, there's a, it, I actually have to do it. And it sucks because oh, dude. You know, everybody says like, you know, all the, all the experts in social media say you have to be communicative with your audience. Well, and you have you, to, I mean, you got to read, uh, there's some comments you might have to take down. So you got to, you know, right. there's some and, that you might have to report. And some, yeah. and there are some apps like Instagram and Facebook that actually you can do that. You can actually take them down, but um, Twitter does not let you do that. So, um, so yeah, yeah, ha I have to read the comments. And so every now and then I'll get myself mixed up into a drama on social media where it's like mm -hmm. either I've tweeted something or we've written something and it creates backlash and then it ruins my week because all I read is nasty, terrible, negative backlash. But I will say this, since moving to Georgia, starting a completely different job than I was in before that occupies my time in a completely different way. And it has me talking to completely different people than I was before. It has literally helped my mental health tenfold because it, it has gotten me out of that rut of, and that routine of checking social media, doing this, doing that, and letting, it, it basically has shown me how social media isn't a real place than ever before. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So like, where, where Savannah, Georgia is a real place. Where's exactly. And what I'm doing, the work that I'm doing now is real work. Right. Um, that, that is so, that makes all the stuff on social media pale in comparison to. So like, you know, that's, I big, mean, I, I can, I can feel you about work. I mean, the work that I do is real work. And so when I go home and I check Facebook or something, it, it just makes that just pale in comparison to real like, life. Who cares? I just did something. Right. Yeah, exactly. I just did real 
real work, real good stuff, advancing things for people during right. my day job. I could care less about what these people say now. So that's my unsolicited advice real quick to anybody out there who might be feeling that way. Um, just change your routine. Change if you can't move. Like I said, change what, what where you get your groceries. Change little things right. about your routine because, again, it just opens up your perspective and, and just shows you how much of the much more of the world is out there uh than that so you know chris that's a that's a mindfulness technique that you're saying i mean man we're getting into some counseling techniques uh so i know what's going on i know uh they actually say like even if you can't move right order something different like let's say you go to mcdonald's every week or something like that like order a mcchicken instead of mcdouble or something like that they say Mm -hmm. that it it helps you bring you to the now because you're like oh i'm ordering something different off the menu like even if you go to the same place you live in the same place go to a different restaurant and just change it up a little and it actually helps you bring you to the now and makes you happier so there you go love it good stuff man let's go youtube and what do you got this week all right well i got a ton but we're gonna narrow it down because we've been off for a little bit but um chris i would be I'd be a terrible person if I didn't talk about this. Uh, Vice. Vice is a channel. It's a YouTube Ooh. channel. It's on HBO. It's on a bunch of other stuff. I think there's a network now. Um, Michael K. Williams. Um, oh. We lost him. Oh, we lost him too That's last year. Oh. Um, and Jeez. so he does this show called Black Market with Michael K. Williams on Vice. This is on YouTube. You can watch maybe 10 or 12 of these, Chris. I highly recommend every single one. I've watched every one that they've uploaded. It started with Inside New York City's Underground Gambling Scene. Michael K. Williams is such an interesting person because everyone knows him as Omar from The Wire or Chalky White. And everyone knows he's a real deal, you know, former addict while the show's going on and everything. um, Or, you know, recovering addict. And he goes to these places. There's um, gun runner stories about Georgia. There's everything. If you look up Black Market Vice on YouTube, you'll find all these. They're all great. Um, he goes to South Africa and he sees how people are smuggling. Is it abalone? Abalone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's going to Hong Kong and these kind of like. Africans are taking over these locals business in South Africa, trying to push them out and make it commercialized. And so they made it illegal to quote poacher, but they're doing the same or poach them. It is so fast. It's the greatest show ever. It's just another reason why, you know, I remember when we said RIP Michael K. Williams on the pod, it just makes me miss him even more because the guy was such a cool guy and so interesting and everyone just hugs him. Like he, he goes to different countries. He goes to Britain in one. He goes to South Africa in one. He goes to New York City. He goes to Georgia. Everyone. He walks into a room filled with gun runners wearing ski masks. They all hug him. <laughs> they all go like, "Hey, man, what's up?" And they all like are happy to see this guy. It's like Omar. Omar's coming. They all hug him. Like he's like infamous and famous. It's great. So yeah, that's it. That's how I'm ending YouTube. And check that out. You gotta check it out. It's great. That's awesome. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, God, for mine this week, I had a couple options. Um, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna keep it simple. So there's yeah. a brand new show on Netflix called The Peacemaker or Peacemaker. Oh yeah. Um, with John Cena, it's 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 a spinoff show from the Suicide Squad movie that James Gunn directed, and uh, the first episode is now on HBO Max. And I have to tell you, go watch it. It's phenomenal. It's 
I heard, I heard good things. I heard the intro is really good. <laughs> I was about to tell you about the intro. So the intro is on YouTube. Um, and you just have to look up, you know, Peacemaker opening credits uh, okay. clip. I'll look it up. It's, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's, it is a uh, pure, uh, you, you, you really haven't seen this before no. um, in an opening credit sequence, uh, at least in this country. Um, <laughs> you're watching it, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. What um, is going on? Oh my god! <laughs> it is. It's phenomenal, and I I don't know if um because Jimmy Fallon was talking to John Cena about it, and I was like, I gotta see this. Oh my god, dude! What is going on? Like, what kills me about the opening credit sequence is those are all actors from the first episode that are in <laughs> that, like every single one of them. So. I'm wondering, like, because episode two is not out yet. I was like, does episode two have the same dance number, but with actors? Oh, that'd be great. Two? <laughs> um, but anyway, it's phenomenal. It's an entire dance sequence. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it yet, it is pure. And it's the great theme song, by the way. Um, James oh, my God. Gunn, that's Robert Patrick. <laughs> yeah, like, like they, um, James Gunn wrote and directed the first episode. Um, so it's pure James Gunn. Um, so... Uh, definitely get on the show. The first episode had me laughing from start to finish. It's it's right. it's that good, and awesome. um, and it's a great cast. It's a great cast uh, of people. Co- couple of uh, hey that guy, I know that guy from that. Nice. Um, couple of that guys. Then, nice. Yeah, and then Robert Patrick, who's just uh, I don't want to spoil much, but he's the most racist person. <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh god, but it fits. I mean, if, if anybody knows the origins of Peacemaker in the comics, like it fits perfectly so and robert patrick is one of those guys that like he's such a good character actor but i've like i've hardly ever seen him play a nice guy and i just i really want to i he's one of those guys i wish i knew personally because i could really like know the real robert patrick because he plays he always plays like a dark brooding angry you know character angry angry uh johnny cash's dad (laughs) right you you know i he never he never got to play uh the the, you know romantic comedy Patrick. um poor guy but uh i mean they make fun of him in dewey cox the wrong son dad wrong son dad (laughs) but uh phenomenal character actor right there so yeah definitely got on peacemaker so um good stuff my man this is a good episode feeling good good stuff bro good stuff yeah uh, folks, you can find this podcast and all of our podcasts on the Onstage Blog Podcast Network at onstageblog.com. You can also find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It's basically anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Uh, also, follow us on Facebook. Uh, we are on Facebook. Just look up Desperately Seeking Entertainment. Give us a follow. Give us a like. It helps our algorithms, and we'll you know be posting more content up there. Um, yeah, yeah. Well. But, Ben, thank you for this week. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. All right, folks, we'll see you right here next week on Desperately Seeking Entertainment.